Hey friend, thank you so much for joining us once again here on the Bible Tract Echoes radio broadcast. I'm Mike McCurry, your host. I'm going to ask you to grab your Bibles and turn to the book of Psalms. We'll begin in Psalms 106, Psalms 106. As you find your way there, let me encourage you to use gospel tracts, to use Bible tracts. The foundational ministry for this radio program, Bible Tract Echoes, is a ministry I have the privilege of directing called Bible Tracts Incorporated. That ministry began in 1938. And if that sounds like a long time ago, realize it was over eight decades ago. And to God be the glory, the mission statement, the purpose that the world, that Christians around the world should not go for want of the tools they need, like gospel tracts, the tools they need to evangelize a loss. Well, we began that way 80 years ago, more than 80 years ago, and we've continued all the way up to the present time. Here we sit in 2022, and people need the Lord like never before. I submit to you that because Christ's coming is one day closer today than it was yesterday, that the need of the gospel, the need for the gospel, is greater today than it was yesterday. That's why I'd encourage you, by the time we conclude this broadcast, I'd like you to commit to going to our website, BibleTracksInc.org. I don't want you to go to our website so you give us money or so you buy some product of ours or anything like that. I want you to go to our website so that you order some gospel tracks like what I have in my hand right now. I'm holding a gospel track titled, Will You Live Forever? Well, that's a great question and it can only be answered one of two ways. The answer, of course, resoundingly, is yes. The question, though, and why I say one of two ways, is because there's only two destinations for your eternal life. You can either go to heaven, or you can go to a place that is reserved for and was prepared for the devil and his angels. It's a place that often is used as a curse word today. It's a word. It's a place. It's a real place called hell. I don't want you to go there. And this gospel tract was written expressly for the purpose so that people may realize that, yes, they will live forever. But while they are breathing, they have a choice about which direction they go. Will you live forever, this gospel tract says. And in the beginning, at the very inside, it says, yes, you will live forever. The question is where? It could be heaven, but it's up to you. This gospel track can be received, can be ordered for free from BibleTracksInc.org. BibleTracksInc.org. That's our ministry's website. We'd love it if you go there and order some of this gospel track for free today. We're in the book of Psalms 106 and verse number 48. We're talking about the required ingredients for a good church member. The required ingredients for a good Christian, the required ingredients of a child of God. Psalms 106 and verse number 48. Are you there? I'll give you a few moments. You're still fumbling with the pages? It's right in the middle of your Bible. Just open it right to the middle and you'll find the book of Psalms 106. There we go. Verse number 48. I'll read aloud. You follow along. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. And let all the people say, Amen. 
men. Praise ye the Lord. What is the first required ingredient that we're going to talk about today? Well, it's the amen or agreement. We talked yesterday at the very tail end of the program from Webster's 1828 Dictionary, amen as a verb, it signifies to confirm, establish, verify, to trust, or give confidence. As a noun, truth, firmness, trust, confidence, as an adjective, firm and stable. It's used most often at the end of a declaration or prayer, but sometimes at the beginning, in the sense of or with the thought, be it firm, be it established, or so be it. This word that Christians like you and me unfortunately sometimes mindlessly say ad nauseum, it's not just the way we end our prayers, though. It's much more. Let's look at the Bible. We've talked about the meaning for just a moment here. Let's look at the mandate. We just read it. Psalm 106, verse 48. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting, and let all the people say, Amen. Deuteronomy 27, verse number 24, continues that thought. Cursed be he that smiteth his neighbor secretly, and all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed be he that taketh reward to slay an innocent person, and all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed be he that confirmeth not all the words of this law to do them, and all the people shall say, You guessed it, Amen. The Amen, in and of itself, it's biblical, my friend, but the thrust of this point is not the Amen itself, it's the spirit of the word. We've talked about the meaning. The mandate, let's look at the method. I want to be very careful here. You may be thinking, okay, Brother Michael, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to tell me that if my church, if, or if I'm at my church and I don't say amen, that I'm somehow wrong or I, I'm not correct? That's not what I'm saying whatsoever. What I want to point out is not that you should be audibly using the word amen. What I want to encourage you about is the spirit of agreement that is attached to the word, amen. Look at Nehemiah. We're going to look at a lot of scripture this week. I hope you're okay with that. Nehemiah chapter 8 and verses number 5 and 6. And Ezra opened the book, talking about the word of God. He opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people. He was on a platform of sorts. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. And Ezra blessed the Lord. Pause for just a moment here. If you're wondering why some churches will stand when the word of God is written, this is the biblical reason why. Please know that the Bible has been read with people sitting down as well. Churches aren't wrong for doing it one way or the other. If it becomes a tradition, honestly, it can be, it can be wrong either way. It's not something that we need to fight over by any stretch of the imagination. But for those churches that do stand, it's to some degree out of respect for the reading of God. God's word, but I digress. He was above all the people. When he opened it, all the people stood up, and Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. And all the people answered. And this is where I want you to zone in. All the people answered, Amen, Amen, with lifting up their hands. And they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. For just a moment, let me digress for just another few seconds here. 
understand this idea of worship where we have our hands up and our face up. Biblically speaking, if we're looking at Ezra here, there was a humbleness about how they were approaching the greatness of God. Yes, they had hands up, but their faces were down. They, they, they couldn't bear to look up to where heaven was, to where God is. Hands up, but heads down. Interesting. This is not about the word itself. I would like to draw your attention to the fact that the amen in and of itself is one of the most widely used words in the entire world. Go to a Chinese house church where people oftentimes meet under threat of persecution. When they close a prayer, what do they say? They say amen. Yes, of course, they probably say it with a Chinese accent. But they still say, Amen. It's interesting. If you go to a church in Kenya, of course, many of those people don't speak our language, Swahili being predominant there. But when they close a prayer, even in their native language, they will often say, Amen. I have missionary friends in Mexico, and I actually texted one of them just to confirm this, to make sure I wasn't wrong. But of course, our Spanish friends south of the border... When they close a prayer, you know what they say? They may say it with a little bit of a Spanish lilt to it. They may say, Amen. But they say a word that means the same thing, sounds almost identical to Amen or Amen. This word, get the history here. It was brought through the Greek of the New Testament, from the Hebrew of the Old Testament into English, with the only difference being Slight variations on a long or a short A sound to a large degree. Unbelievable. This, this is an important word. The fact that it transcends cultural boundaries and languages. This is not a word to cast aside, even though the message itself is not to harp on the importance of that short four-letter word. Understand this is an important word. My goal, though is to harp on, if you'll allow me, the importance of the spirit that accompanies often that word, a spirit of agreement. Let's look at some more scripture. Jeremiah 28, verse 6. Even the prophet Jeremiah said, Amen, the Lord do so. The Lord perform thy words which thou hast prophesied. Matthew 6, verse 13, and lead us not into temptation. Who was talking here? Oh, it was just the Lord Jesus Christ. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and verse number 14, for if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with the understanding also. Else, when thou shalt bless with the Spirit, how shall he that occupieth the room of the unlearned say amen at the giving of thanks, seeing he understandeth not what thou sayest? Matthew Henry mentions in regards to this particular passage, all should say amen inwardly. And it's not improper to testify this inward concurrence in public prayers and devotions by an audible amen. Because the ancient Christians said, amen aloud. 
And that's where I want to focus as we continue in this week of broadcast tomorrow. I can already sense that this is probably going to spill over into next week because this is just the first ingredient of three that we will discuss. We're talking about ingredients of a good Christian, ingredients of a good church or church member, ingredients of a true child of God. Before we sign off today, let me encourage you about two things. Join us tomorrow on the Bible Tract Echoes radio broadcast. I'll be right here. I hope you will be as well. Let me also personally invite you to come join us for the grand opening of our brand new building in Odell, Illinois, Saturday, October 1st. If you have more questions, please feel free to reach out. The announcer will be on in just a moment telling you all about how you can contact us. Have a great day. For His glory, join us tomorrow. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracts Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample booklet of all of our tracts, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 130, Dwight, Illinois, 60420. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.